Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Hello and welcome to Kith and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall where you can safely watch your heroes get pathetically drunk on a rock. <laughs> We'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like why you should wait an hour before you do acid to go swimming. <laughs> I'm Stuart Derricotic and I'm in Vancouver, Canada. I'm joined by the usual kids, Kalina McCordoff in London, England. Mr. Bus Driver! <laughs> Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, Canada. I want your report card, mister! <laughs> and Trevor Rickard in Vancouver, Canada. And dogs can't even play pool. <laughs> it's true. So we'll be reviewing episode 16 of season 4 this week, which allegedly aired in April 1994. I don't know. So let's kick off with our sketch rundown. We got Shut Up Judge. <laughs> shut Up Judge? Shut Shut Up Judge? I have to say, oh man, D- Dave just had a great olive green suit in that one. That was That was pretty much the highlight. But it had that 90s boxiness, too, where it's just like... Yes. His, his wig was also excellent there. Really good. To say nothing of the judge robes. My God. <laughs> uh, then we got job sharing. The Cathy's withstand corporate restructuring. It's cute. <laughs> the voices. The screeching yodel of madness. Punk as a crust punk. The notion of being polite in society is maddening to the real dudes. Did you guys notice that it was like the the voice the voice is uh, sounded like God from Ted's Church of the Very Bright Lights? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh they did kind of, yeah. yeah. Oh, so maybe it was maybe it's the same voice of of like Ted and the Very Bright Light, except and it's God, except for in Bruce's <laughs> mind, it's like instead of God talking to him, it's like this madness. I want the marrow of my bones. <laughs> No, I... To remind anyone who hasn't watched the episode recently, it's like the voices are just being very Canadian polite, where they're like, oh, don't let me keep you up. I'll be on my way then. <laughs> well, hey, Ted, how are you? Oh, I'm not bad. Well, I'll be seeing it you. It drives Bruce mad because he just wants to sit around drinking wine. What what fuck, what's the one? What's the, the like, malt liquor you can get in a two-liter... Oh, oh old, English? Old, old English? O-E? O-E, not old. There's, a, there's like a specifically Canadian one. It's oh. like Wildcat oh. or something. Oh, well, there's, there's a couple because we got Iron Horse, we got Wildcat, we got... <laughs> I knew you'd have my back on this There's one, like a TNT it? one, I think. Wild. Oh, yeah. Wildcat, th- those are the ones that are like, uh, th- they're sold in like eight. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh. Like 9%, yeah. Uh, is it like a number? It's a number, isn't it? There's force eights too. Oh, that's the sounds... force eights are are fucking rough. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, you're right, Kalina. So there is many a bad one. memories. <laughs> this is oh, this is such a. <laughs> did I ever tell you guys how um, when I won a bunch of money in a raffle, what I did for my uh, grad class instead of buying them a keg, I just bought everyone uh, a forty of OE, <laughs> and then I made oh everyone God. an individualized label. That's kind of cute, Kalina. <laughs> oh, and you. also horrifically <laughs> grody. Thank you. There's Molson Triple X. Uh, maybe that's what you're thinking of. Molson Triple X. I think you're thinking of Force 8s. I said it several times. You want a mortician. <laughs> you want a mortician. 
You want a mortician? <laughs> no, that's not the one. Nah. Colt 45. That's the one you're thinking of. Colt 45. This is the longest sketch rundown we've ever done. We're on like the second sketch. I missed you guys. <laughs> yep. All right, then we have steps. There's gaze. There's, ver- there's also Labat Max Ice. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Who let Hans go on Wikipedia? <laughs> we have to put him back in his kennel. <laughs> um, <laughs> the idea of Hans wearing like one of those no bite collars, but it keeps him off the internet. This is very I, amusing I, to me. I, I, I legit could use one of those, yeah. <laughs> Steps. I think this is our introduction to Steps, where we play gays of various stereotypes. Kevin is a snarky intellectual gay named Schmitty. Uh, oh, I actually don't know if Dave's character has a name in this one. But Scott's character's name is Butch, and it's yeah. incredible. He wears a knitted tank top, and everything about it makes me... A knitted tank top, Daisy Dukes, and cowboy boots, and it's just... So, well, and his Daisy Dukes also have some sort of, like... Like I, I think it might just be a uh, a costume thing, but they've got like some sort of spanks underneath them, and I think it's literally <laughs> just so that his balls don't hang out the Daisy Dukes. Yes, such a, I, shame. I, yeah. such a shame. I thought at one point he might have gotten a little close to a free willy situation, but I thought so too. And then I was like, oh no, he's wearing spanks. And then I was like, I couldn't tell if that was part of the costume or whether that was like uh, just a like a <laughs> we can't put this on TV. We, it, Scott, it, we can't show your <laughs> balls on TV. You got to put these on. <laughs> Was this a character beat? <laughs> yes. um, then we have Chad's 13th birthday, oh also God. known as entering manhood by watching your dad get pathetically drunk. Mm-hmm. This is the legendary. And apparently, I was watching the credits on this one, Bruce gave himself special credit for directing this sketch. <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> which made me really happy. Well deservedly. It is. It is one of my favorite sketches they've ever done, but it yep. is just so... <laughs> Took a lot of extra effort to film himself <laughs> pretend to get hammered on outside. <laughs> really stepping out of his comfort zone on that one. And then we go back to steps two, the re-steppening. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid. So, the stupening. They talk about going to drag to a warehouse party. Schmitty remains a pill who thinks that might be misogynist or something. Dave is going as Sandy Duncan. <laughs> and Butch has... One of my favorite lines, which is, oh, I don't have a costume because my nipples qualify as tits, eh? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just this <laughs> oh incredibly dumb laugh that makes me lose it every time. Uh, then we have Tacky Art Collector featuring the guy from, sh- the Scottish man from Sherling. Sherling. Incredible. Yep. And Bruce playing some sort of artiste which is great because he does art hands, which I think is a real thing that artists do. Sort of vaguely gesturing at things in a grandiose fashion. Basically... Stu, are you down on artists? Uh, always, constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, painter artists. Not, like, art generally. No, Stu's painters. against all of it. I watched a great interview with, uh, with uh, Noel Gallagher from Oasis recently. They just asked him about various things. It was like, is it overrated or underrated? And it was like, books. And he's like, let me tell you something. People who write books are fucking idiots. And just like, <laughs> he's like they think they're so fucking smart. <laughs> and I, oh, I just love that. That man is a menace to society. Mm. I love him so much. He's such a gremlin. <laughs> he's like, you walk into a bookshop, right? And you're just like, 
This one's called The Joy of the Homosexual Squirrel. And he's like, oh, what's that about? And they go, drug addicts. He goes, fuck off. <laughs> he's so irritated about everything. <laughs> He uh, he is absolutely a menace, and he's he's delight to me. That's just how your brain gets damaged when you smell your own farts for like twenty years, and you're like, oh this god, don't, this don't stink. Yeah, it turns out if you live only on nostalgia and cocaine, it makes you weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, they want to sell shitty tacky art. He's all about it. He's all about black light paintings and fucking stone agent. That's what he's about. You gotta Sto- put that oh, thick yeah. paint on the velvet. Oh you yeah, gotta. You have to, or you'll die. Fine frames from Mexico and Matus wine. What is Matus yum, wine? Yum. I looked it up. I Wikipedia it. It's a cheap wine. <laughs> Put your hands behind their cages. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was a cheap wine, so it was apparently a Portuguese like sweet wine that they used to give to like soldiers in the American military and stuff, and it was just oh, a notorious, a notoriously cheap and ubiquitous wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're sitting in the smoking room. Drinking like old nun or something, yeah, or blue nun, Basically, yeah. yeah, just garbage wine for children. Love it. And then finally, we go to the third steps, which is uh, the issue of gay marriage or just if youth in general. The issue of issues, yeah, issues, issues. Yeah, Dave really commits to his uh, his character's vocal patterns, which I love. That was good. I, I love Butch's response, and he's like, the issue of gay marriage. He goes, I think they should. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I like the bit where they're like, no, 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 I think, I think we're meant to live in sin. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's hotter that way. Sin's hot. <laughs> I just love when Smitty says, can't you see that because we're outside the bond of law, our relationships don't matter? And then Butch immediately goes, well, mine don't. <laughs> he's such an inspiration uh, yeah the hero for the time yep all right let's talk let's do segment one i want to talk about chad's 13th birthday because yes. this is one of the ones that we we talk about all the time we watch it like at least once a month <laughs> yeah that sounds about right um we've been and it was it was weird because we always forget when it comes up in the, the series We've been watching. We've been referencing it continually. We yeah. watch it all the time, and even we put it on today, rewatching this one to to do our notes. And we're like, "Oh, it's got this one in it." Well, yeah. Again, yeah. like, as, like we are re-recording this because uh, one of us lost all our recordings, and like we still forgot it was there. <laughs> mm-hmm. It always gets you. I always, yeah, I always think this is like a, a season one or two skit. Yeah. It felt like we talked about this so long ago. Because I think we have brought it up several times, but also I think part of the reason we started doing this podcast was because of yeah. the sketch. Like it may have been the first one we watched together. If I'm trying to like search my memory, aside from the ones that we sang that are sung, so like besides Terriers and besides Dave's, I know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. We, we got together. We watched most of the songs, and then Kalina kept yelling some of the drunk dad lines from this because <laughs> she would be like, "Mr. Bus Driver." <laughs> Or no, Kalina's favorite in the past, and don't feel free to correct me if this isn't correct, but I remember Kalina being very enamored with the pineapple line, because she kept being like, broke my hand on a pineapple, didn't even care. (laughs) And I was like, why do you keep saying that? And I kind of believed that you might have done that. Like, Oh yeah, many times. It's no, just no, like, no. it's like, it's like when you're, it, when you're like I, in, in a, in a large hall and you're trying to find your friends and you go, caca, and then you're trying to find the people that you're meant to be with. 
And you just keep sending out your signal. Mm. <laughs> is that is that your bat signal, Kalina? Is just going going into crowded rooms and going caca. <laughs> That's how she's made every friend she's ever had. <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> um, I'm curious. What I mean is is the pineapple line your favorite bit from that sketch, Kalina? It actually it I actually is my is my most quoted. That is true. Stu, well mm. well remembered. Um, Thank and you. though I will say like. Even my partner, who is, like, not the biggest Kith fan, but, like, is English, so we forgive him for his faults. Mm. He will just yell Mr. Bus Driver, like, down the hall from me now. <laughs> and I, like, it really means that I, I, I picked the right one, you know? Aww. <laughs> um, I think mine is just the bit about what where he's asking for his report card. He's like, I want to bruise, bruise your report card. And then the kid's like, I don't have it. I said, Mister, <laughs> I want your report card. As if like that will solve it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, like the 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 yeah. slight like underlying anger with raising his son, but is just so inept because he's ridiculously drunk. That's... Also, it's not a it's not Ooh. a line, but like the the swelling music as he's yes. leading into explaining what's happening makes you think that this is actually going to be some sort of touching, you know, rite of passage moment. Um, yeah. And so it, it really sets you up perfectly for the for the punchline. Like the music just absolutely stops, like stops. Then he says, <laughs> yes. watch your dad get pathetically drunk. And you're like, oh, man, <laughs> oh we're going boy. on this fucking oh ride. Buckle up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, to that credit, Bruce did a good job directing, I guess, because he must have called those beats. There's also uh, a timing beat that I really like where it's like, you ready to blow out the candles? And they're all lit on the cake. This goes not yet, and then it cuts to the like hard cuts to the car just ripping down this shitty yeah. field in like February. <laughs> yeah. You better take off that party hat, Chad. You're not gonna need it where we're going. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so sinister. Oh my. I god. love that it's the it's the same bottle of scotch that the lady boss is drinking mm. in Kathy's when they're getting downsized. Props department blew all their money in the previous season with the. Uh, phase that they broke props to props props to props in this episode their paper plate from the voices sketch that he broke because it was overstarched was a great prop so good job prop department anyway. that's true i i will say though not not only did we get sort of like a callback to a previous sketch but we got like a callback to like season one where had you not gotten dr seuss's bible you get the arum right. sketch right and so he goes never but never yeah. <laughs> is it never a Roomba? No, it's always no, it's, a Roomba. It's never always. always a Roomba. Sorry. Always a Roomba. Yeah. That's Which cool. I wonder if that's like actually some behind the scenes, you know, some discussion about what the silly dance should be for that sketch, and maybe Bruce had suggested, and they were like, no, never that. No, a Roomba, Dave. That's the one. You know. It was just either way. It was a good inside joke. I love the callback. If we ever do get to interview the kids, can we remember to ask them about the Arumba dance and whether Bruce suggested an alternative? They're going to think we're deranged. We are. Because they're going to be like, they're going to be like, they want to talk about their new series. And we're like, okay, listen, in season four, you made a mouth noise. And I want to know if it was a secret message about the Arumba origins. A skit that did not actually air except to replace a possibly religious one. <laughs> oh, my God. But also, like, I do still think, like, once a year, we save our money, put together three key questions, and we pay <laughs> them to do a cameo, and they have yep. to fucking answer them. Yeah, yeah. They don't have, well, they don't have to they don't answer have to them. Anything. They can just sort of... Well, or we ask for our money back, you know? 
Oh, I don't want to be associated <laughs> this is, with this. This is getting even worse. I, I hate this idea. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for us yeah. already. I'm, I cringed a yeah. lot. Oh, good. good. Well, speaking of... I'm too old to cringe, but I cringed. Yeah, you're uh, going to pull something if you keep up that cringe, too. I can't cringe anymore, Hans. I don't... I don't. You got to stop. It's too hard. I don't My body can't take but it. Do you guys think this is like... I think this is one of the best rounded sketches. Just... Like overall, we always talk about sort of the closes sometimes dropping, but like I feel like this just has like a perfect arc. It does. Yeah, I agree. Well, so and like let's consider the arc too, because like we open and kids are dancing kind of like in a weird sixties. Mm, yep. Two sh- two shadowy men, by the way. Is it? Oh yeah. Okay. That's okay. a shadowy men track. Love it. Well, it's like it's like their interstitial music that they use a bunch of times, isn't it? Like a bunch of those things are from their yeah. from their albums, yeah. yeah. It it is a child's birthday party, and all the children are weirdly overdressed for it too. I, I noticed they're all wearing like very nice clothes. That's because back um, in the day, kids knew how to dress up for a party. Now it's all your gang banging and <laughs> short wearing and hats. So as we mentioned, he's about to blow out the cake, and Dad stops him, drives him. He has no idea what's happening. Takes him to a field, and then gets pathetically drunk. This is a rite of passage. Yep. Uh, after Dad gets pathetically drunk, he Tells him to drive himself home. The little- well, but hold on. You're, you're missing one part of this arc here, though, Trevor, which is that like both before this and then during the getting pathetically drunk, it's also just cutting back and forth to the party in his absence where Kevin as the mom is just like keeping a happy housewife face and trying to keep the party lively by like reading horoscopes and just being, you know, that like, ah, everything's fine. This is normal and pleasant, you know? Everyone feels extremely awkward because... The, the party person, the birthday party boy has just disappeared without yeah. explanation. When he finally gets back, he is asked if he feels any older, and he says, <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> because after watching your dad debase himself like that, you, you yeah. feel older. The trauma well, ages you. <laughs> it does, but I also, it, it is a rite of passage. Yeah. Like, where you see, you 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 realize your heroes are mortal, <laughs> and you that alcohol is fun, but also terrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. What were your guys's <laughs> uh, getting? Dad got pathetically drunk moments. Did you did you have one that was expi- like explicitly like that? Oh, where it was you're really digging like, deep, Trevor. I just, shoved that down yeah, real deep. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's big trauma hours. Well, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a fun one I can share, which is that like when I was fourteen, our family went to like Austria for a, to go see a solar eclipse because my dad really loves solar eclipses and it was like a family vacation thing. Anyways, we're in this place called like I think Hallstatt, and they were just it happened to be that they were having some sort of like festival thing while we were there, and there was a German Blues Brothers cover band that was playing. Oh wow! And we were at the like beer gardens, and I was fourteen, but because it was germany like we could have beer and so my sister my older sister and i we were having some beer and my dad was having some beer and then my dad was just having so much fun on this european vacation and he was in austria and hallstatt and it was all great and the blues brothers and he decided to get up the dance and i don't think he was even really all that drunk like i don't think he was maybe he might not even have been drunk at all but he started dancing and it was like there was a lot of pointing and he was really getting kind of low and it was kind of like arms out to the side and like pointing back and forth and, and just watching my dad do that. And I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. My dad is not like 
a he's not a powerful adult. He is a he is a boy in a man's body <laughs> pointing <laughs> he's on the a dance man floor. Child. At, like at the at the <laughs> Blues Brothers cover the German Blues Brothers cover band. And he was to be fair, he was having a blast. He was having a great time. Like I don't <laughs> I feel bad for my 14-year-old's impression at the time that this was like something to be ashamed of because it's not. Whatever. You're an adult. You're allowed to have fun. But like it, well, it took but he, the he veil stopped off. being an authority figure and he changed he changed to a a, a jester like character. Yeah. A goof. Yeah. Exactly. The veil the veil of authority yeah. came off in that moment. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. A lot of pointing. I, I love think that. Oh, and you what's funny <laughs> is like I realize that give my natural dance impulse is the same and I, I like every oh, time I no. catch myself pointing on a dance floor, I like recoil in horror at myself. Yeah. It's how the Cidermans find their mates, <laughs> they just point them out on the dance floor. <laughs> you, re- <laughs> you realize your your future child will one day have you change before their eyes when they see you dancing like that. Oh, no yeah. question. I definitely have this like memory of us going I think we were camping, but it was on someone's property, and uh, I, my mom was drunk, but it was I was too young, I, I was seven or eight, to really understand that was what was going on, but I remember her loudly talking about her, like, anger at her mom or something for whatever mm. reason, and, like, later on that night, just, like, to my dad, be like, does mom not like grandma? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 like, my dad's... Re- my dad's That's re- illegal. Yeah, my dad's response was something along the lines of, your mom's saying a lot of things right now. I wouldn't pay it too much mind. <laughs> and, like, that may have been my, like moment of realizing that my parents are not always the most reliable narrators mm, of their own yeah. lives yeah yeah quite questioning the narrative that's a big one <laughs> i don't have a like quite well i mean i do but i don't want to fucking talk about it <laughs> but one of the ones that stand out to me is i was like i realized when i was about 24 i was looking back and i'm like oh my mom taught me how to make a dry martini when i was 12 <laughs> so i could serve her booze <laughs> And she'd be like, look, it's got to be real. You just rinse the glass with vermouth. I don't want any more of that. A mist would be ideal, but I can't find the mister. And I was like, oh, that's probably not a normal thing. Mm. Okay. And, I mean, you, you got great cocktail skills. So this makes a lot of sense. I do. I, I do make a fucking bitch in martini, and I have a real problem with drinking. You know, you may have resented it at, in your 20s, but you're in your 30s now. I think it's time you call mom and say thank you, Stu. <laughs> oh, thank oh, you. So forever. I don't resent it at all. I just had that memory of being a little dude and being like, time to go make a martini. And then I was like, wait. <laughs> As you put on your little Gavin hat. Yeah, it was like they tr- basically trained a little monkey butler because we couldn't have monkeys in Canada. But it was just, just quickly, like... though, can we just return to the arc? Because we were, we oh, were yes. talking about that before we got distracted. <laughs> I think the reason the arc of this one works so well is that, like, it has, as you were saying, Kalina, it never has a low moment. Like, even when it's cutting away from the drunk dad, it's perfect because it's giving, like, a little bit of a lighter counterpoint. Because if you just if you just steamrolled through all the drunk cuts, I feel like it would kind of end up feeling too long or something. So to kind of break it up in the way that they did mm. made the pacing perfect. And the the denouement of, of him just driving home alone and being terrified and then getting home and just being like, uh, yeah, I feel way older, is it... It, it stuck the landing in a way that a lot oh, of yeah. their sketches sometimes like well maybe maybe their the sketch will be a perfect sketch and then it'll have like a 
uh, you know, seven out of 10 landing, but this one really feels like it was the perfect landing to it. So I just, yeah, there's it, it all the way through. It's consistently excellent. I feel like you tacked that on just so you could say denouement once. <laughs> he sure did. I love to say denouement. <laughs> I love to say interstitial. I love to yeah. say amuse-bouche. Oh. Amuse-bouche yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in particular. I know. Oh, I, know I love words. that Kalina yeah, knew it was uh, coming. Never going to stop. Uh, I've been editing a lot of these episodes lately. I've been hearing it a lot. Just streaming into my ear hole. <laughs> Hans loves, um, he loves amusing his bouche. I've always. I love, I love having but my bouche I think bouche also, also why that, the word that shall not be said about why the <laughs> sketch comes down in that way. <laughs> it works so well is because it's. it's oh, the denouement? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 is because it like mirrors the disappointment and trauma of the child. Like it's just so good. Like you don't need a hard hitting mm. punchline. You got those at the peak of the sketch. But it's like, oh, man, I had to leave my dad, like, drunk as fuck by a rock. And now I have to go home and pretend like I'm the same kid as I was, like, three hours ago in front of all my friends. And I will never be the same internally again. And they don't need to say it. You know it. Yeah. It is so funny. But the one line that kind of fucks me up is he's like, I'm cold, Chad. Daddy's cold. Not spiritually (laughs) cold. Daddy's cold. (laughs) It's just, oh, boy. Like there's a there's a, I think a real question in that kid's mind of like is my dad <laughs> dead? Like did I leave him there to die? And and he yeah. just needs to sleep. And uh, you're right, Kalina. It does. It it shows. It doesn't tell. Like he doesn't go. Oh, I feel this kind of way. It's like no. You can see it in that kid's eyes. He's he's. Mm. Forever Good job, child it. actor. I wonder where you're at now. Oh, let's find out. Hans, you can use your Wikipedia hands now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just let Hans loose at various intervals. <laughs> go fetch. Go fetch, Hans. Go um, fetch. We're getting on there for this. For this episode, like, do we want to talk about yeah. steps or do you want to just I do a, we... a quick stand up? Oh, we, we, we gotta talk we gotta about steps. All right. This is the first time we do steps. I think steps is a, a pretty big deal for this series mm. and just mm. like <clears throat> Canadian comedy in general. We talk a lot about how Scott was very influential in terms of just representation, especially for the time, how he contributes a lot to the kind of subversiveness of the series and how it stands out from a lot of other Canadian content, which let's be honest, skews towards the unoffensive and milk toast. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, corner gas. <laughs> Corner gas. Corner gas is great, but just like a lot of Canadian content tends to be just very safe. And this show is not. (laughs) And I love that. Uh, But Steps, they they play around with a bunch of gay archetypes, which is fun. I feel like Kevin plays a very particular person that I think in some level still exists. This like kind of frustrated pseudo, maybe actual intellectual, who is just like, I'm better than my surroundings, but I also have no friends, so I have to be here. Well, he does have two friends. He does, but he he kind of has that, he does seem to have that beleaguered, put-upon attitude of like, why can't we talk about the serious issue? Like, he's just such a, he's such a pill the whole time. Yeah. There there was a part of me that is kind of like, would he actually be friends with these other two men? I can imagine that they would be friends with each other, but Schmitty seems like, he would have different friends. I, I feel like Schmitty wants to go be with a bunch of other intellectuals in this salon, but nobody can stand him because he's boring. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a turf and no one likes Ooh. him. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, dude, he is 100%. Today, Smitty is a turf, no question. He, he like, he's best buds with Jonathan Kay 
and uh you know mm. yeah he, he sucks i could see that but, but, I've but decided. i will say i mean as we always uh, suggest that when kevin does these sort of more serious characters that are so absolutely full of themselves that's where he shines and like he really stands out in in that oh yeah for that Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like all... oh yeah Kevin as him is great I yeah. like all of the the characters they play there I already told I already mentioned how I love Scott's Butch I just Butchie. think it's so it, yeah Butchie doesn't really have that many great lines it's just like yeah it's a it's a dumb kind of strong guy who likes to fuck but he just every time he says something it makes me laugh it's just <laughs> he's really on do you guys have any other thoughts that just pop out about this I was thinking more just like but no, I mean, I mean, you're right. Like, it's, it's. There are a few punchlines which we've already mentioned about like them talking about political issues, um, and then like talking <laughs> about like how living insane is just like it's hotter that way, um, yeah. and like somehow like like he does with the buddy sketches. You're kind of you're kind of getting like a topic, an issue, and but really like imbuing it with absolutely nothing. Like, but you, but like, but that's kind of nice. It's like, oh, you're you probably have these issues kind of being discussed like in you know political rallies or kind of maybe being pushed down probably at that time like within the news and you're still dealing with like the you know the dregs of the uh, AIDS epidemic and um here you kind of yeah like you said like Canadian media at that time is pretty milk toast and like Scott should be incredibly mm-hmm. proud like for these kind of sketches and for all of them to kind of be leaning into it um despite like people trying to like pigeonhole them as like a gay troop it's like they were really mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, these these sort of trio of sketches, they each touch on something, and yet it says absolutely nothing. And I think that's almost where it shines. It's great. Well, I I, I totally agree, Kalina. And I think like what makes it stand out, or what makes it super uh, interesting and valuable, is that it really fucks with the kind of portrayal of the model minority, mm. right? Like you know, so um, you know, it, it in in content that came far later, like you know. Uh, Oh, what? Not Dharma and Greg. What's the one? Will uh, and Grace. Will and Grace. It's like it's like, you know, yeah, okay, you'll have gay representation on TV, but it's always like this, like, perfectly like, oh, I'm a lawyer and I've got all my things together and I've got my quirky gay yeah. friend, but we're generally like we're all just like perfectly witty and wonderful people. And I think what the step sketches are kind of cool for is just being like, yeah, you know, also being gay, like there are there are dumb guys who are gay who just think that other guys are hot. And it's like, you know, or, or, you know, no, not every single gay person Mm. has a sophisticated, uh, like, uh, you know, opinion about gay marriage or, uh, or other issues, you know? And it's like, and and like, I think that's like almost more, I don't know, revolutionary or transgressive than, than any of the actual content of the sketches themselves is just showing, you know, like, yeah, gay people are also just like, you know, they're they're exactly as sophisticated or unsophisticated mm. as everybody else. They just happen to also be gay. You know what I mean? It's almost like they're people, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think <laughs> yeah. that's more like, yeah, I think that's more like, I don't know. I think that's more, um, yeah, trans- transgressive than than the actual content of the sketch, any of the sketches themselves. Right. Speaking of content, oh, even that where it's like, yeah, they're hanging out at this what appears to be gay coffee shop. Like all the background actors are dressed very queer coded. Um, the people who yeah. interact. I love that the coffee shop is called Bottoms Up. Oh, I didn't That's catch that. Very, <laughs> yeah, it's on the window. Well, and I think they're explicitly kind of cruising yeah. as well, right? Like they kind of, yeah, I think that's why Smitty's hanging out with them. Like I don't think they necessarily hang out other than when they're cruising maybe, but yeah. And it ends at the end. It's like, let's go to the bathhouse. He goes, yeah, I'm horny. And Smitty just goes with it. Yeah. <laughs> I admit it, I'm horny, yeah. I love that. But yeah, I, I agree with you. 
And I love, I think that's, it's also kind of a fun issue too of like, what are we fighting, fighting for the right to be trapped in loveless marriages? Like that. And so he's like, no, it's about human rights, which is true. And was kind of the tenor of the conversation that came later when they were, mm. when people were, you know, yeah. marriage equality. But like, I don't know. I was thinking about this recently where, um, like gay acceptance in media, especially in the States, I'd be like, no, no, you can show gay people now. It's cool. We've decided that that's okay. So long as they're monogamous and they both are professionals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So long as they aren't having casual sex with other people, whatever they feel like it or, you know, as long as you fit into my box of relationships. So long as you can have a, so long as I can also imagine you having a white picket fence. Exactly. And I, I do think it's cool that the background characters are very much co- dressed and coded as queer. Mm-hmm. And like they're, there's a little, there's a table yeah. behind them. Well, and there's a guy with like a leather vest and kind of the short, I, I don't know if they're short jeans or not, but either way, he's like, there's there's a guy who's quite clearly cruising just off to the mm-hmm. right of them generally, I think as well, yeah. Um, someone mentioned Will and Grace a little while back and I remember an interview Canada Land did with Scott like quite a few years ago where he claimed that he maybe was auditioned to for the Jack role and that the Jack role was very based on his buddy, but he was very upset by it because he mm. felt like mm. it was yeah. taking the buddy character, but just removing his sexuality. Um, so he doesn't, he's not horny, really. He he makes yeah. jokes about being horny, but yeah, he doesn't true. talk about fucking at all. And they, they definitely make, um, oh God, what's the... What's the actor's name? Who plays Jack? Jack? I can't remember. Oh, uh, it's Eric yeah, McCormick and um, Sean Sean yeah, Hayes. That sounds Something right. Like that. Yeah, sure but yeah, they, they definitely make him into a, a goofy clown, right? Like, well, he's like a he's like if Buddy were a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the interview, the term Scott used was just like if Buddy had been neutered, essentially. Oh. If if Buddy if Buddy were a like a Chihuahua that was kept in in someone's purse, you know, <laughs> in Karen's purse, do we have any other thoughts about this before we move on? Um, I I'm gonna have one thought, but it's about the other thing, which is that Chad from the Drunk Dad sketch, uh, as this sketch was being as the sketch was being filmed, was himself starring in as the lead role in Odyssey, oh. the short-lived Canadian. Uh, after school TV show where a kid goes into a coma and and has a whole alternate reality life while he's in a coma. He was the he was the main character in that and then basically didn't do a whole lot after that. <gasps> wow. Track him down, Hans. Track him down. I would love to interview him. I would love to as well. That would be actually we should oh man, we should do that about the uh, And then we sit him down drunk. and we say tell tell us about your trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did your life go off the rails? <laughs> All right, let's do standout sketch, and do you want to exclude Chad's thirteenth birthday? Yeah, I mean we're all gonna say it otherwise, like right? That. So, yeah, so let's 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 do that. Talk to me about about your second favorite. My my, I'm gonna go with the the art collector for my second favorite, because um, I think it it deserves mm-hmm. to be talked about a little bit more more than anything else. Um, it's it's good. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, Bruce and uh, Mark sketch too. They they play off each other really well and stuff like this. Um, <laughs> you already mentioned Bruce with his like flowing shirt and artist hands. Uh, I love it. And and just like not to mention his like flat pants. I don't know how his pants were that <laughs> flat, but they were <laughs> very flat. You starch them. 
Uh, and I just love because like the character Mark plays of this like art collector, but it's all like black mm. velvet paintings, dogs playing poker stuff, and he's just so proud of himself. And like in some ways, it is like it is not all like collection really. This like if you if you remove the, <laughs> the like the 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 ego from it is this not what it all comes down to just some ridiculous man that is like yes. come and see my collection of cars yes i <laughs> admire cars as a child and yeah. so now i have 20 things that go vroom there there's a fancy room i'm a wealthy man of means and so i have a room for all of my 20 things that go vroom <laughs> um yeah and I, I love that it's well you know we want to have something just for the kids, you know? And it's like, no, it's not, you monster. You do it because you're a hoarder. Well, he has a special little room specifically for all of his uh, clowns that are sad paintings and so forth. I think I like the premise on this, too, where it's like, yeah, he has his own little art room with his own little smoking lounge or whatever. And they have, like, the big wingback chair so you can sit and drink your matus, matus. What is the comment he says where he's like, are you familiar? And then, then Bruce is like... Some say a little too familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, you artists. Oh, yeah. I love that it's also, well, you know, the frame and the paint cost me $6. And so he's negotiating for a $1 profit. Yeah. Yeah. The frame came from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that'll add the value a little. Um, Kalina, what was your standout sketch? It's got to be voices uh, for not doing chads. Because I, I actually, I had forgotten about this one again. God, I have the memory of the fucking goldfish. Uh, but like, it's the beginning bit where he's talking about like taking his paper plate to the dry cleaner and them using too much starch and just smashing it on the floor. And I don't know why that really tickled me. It was great. And like, yeah, the, the voice <laughs> of God kind of mirroring that very polite interchange that we had in uh, Ted's Church of the Very Bright Lights. And it just reminded me of him being like, and I said, God, what would you like me to tell them? And he said, tell them. I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and just being so polite. And, like, and I thought like I, you know, needed to go to sleep and tried to trick him. And he just absolutely just left him alone. And it just, I just feel like that must be Bruce's internal position where he just thinks everyone else is like driving him, driving him absolutely insane. But they're just being really fucking nice. And he mm. just like his his absolutely creative brain can't handle it. It's just, yeah, it was it was good. I love the idea that in the Kids in the Hall extended universe, that is what God sounds like. Like, it's just a <laughs> sort of irritating, yeah. chipper person. Yeah. And it's like, would you like to get a pizza? I'll save your soul. And he's like, oh, God, the voices. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give that, like, three starched plates out of out of five. How many pieces of of uh black velvet art out of five would you give it trev mm. oh oh um i'd give it like a good four out of five uh crying clown paintings wow nice. that's really high <laughs> I, I think it's really good i yeah. mean obviously like within our ratings uh system um the the birthday party sketch the uh becoming a man sketch is five out of five so to only to give yeah. this one point less than that, Trevor, I feel like is blasphemous. I just like because what we're so committed to the no. scale of this rankings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kalina, on what grounds? What are you, what are you really <laughs> deducting <laughs> points from this one? It's it's good. It's good. It got eighty percent. That's like a B. You're just dead to me. It's fine. Well, that's oh a B. God. One of them's an A plus, and the other one's a B. Yeah, mm. it's it's it is a very strong sketch, and as much as we love chad's 13th birthday 
I always feel weird giving it as high marks as we do because it's it's just Bruce. I mean, like Kevin does play a supporting role, but only in cutaways, you know. Yeah, but it's so goddamn good. It it is really good. I, I, it feels it feels wrong to be like our best sketch is the one where we let Bruce be drunk. <laughs> but we did, and we are so too bad. There are a handful of sketches where they they touch the very mm. nectar of being, like the nectar. something something beyond just like a comedy sketch. And uh, this one uh, lets us suckle at the ambrosia of truth a little bit more than the rest of them do. Oh, <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Ah oh, man, that nectar really amuses my boosh. <laughs> I'm cutting you out of this whole episode, Hans. <laughs> I am physically uncomfortable. Hans, what would you? Talk, uh, <laughs> talk, but don't amuse. Okay, I I think um, it's uh, it's flown under the radar here, but I think my favorite sketch that isn't Chad's thirteenth birthday is the shut up judge uh, cold open, because mm. um, it's just it's you know I don't know it's rare that a cold open is that strong and and hits its notes and doesn't go on too long and isn't too short and it just kind of it's just consistent all the way through dave dave's setup is perfect uh Mm -hmm. kevin's cutting him off with just (laughs) ah i did it (laughs) because is perfectly timed and excellently delivered mark just like glitching out completely when told to shut up and throwing himself against a wall is great Um, that is something that always kind of shook me a little bit that he gets up and just smashes himself against the wall out of yeah pure shock yeah well it feels very canadian it's like you would tell a judge to shut up like i'm sorry no i'm sorry I, but i had them <laughs> yeah well and that's the other and then and then uh both dave telling the jury like but i had you i had you right and then being like oh yeah you 100 percent oh, absolutely and followed immediately by kevin going over to them and miming exactly <laughs> how he stabbed the guy. that, that is just, that is really good like it really it never it, it it was perfect through and through um uh well maybe not perfect but it was just solid through and through and which is rare for a open so if uh, if you hated that uh that trevor gave uh, the the art collection sketch a four then you're really gonna hate that i'm gonna give shut up judge 4.25 oh, uh God. convinced jurors out of five hans you're really muddying the ambrosia <laughs> that we were suckling at earlier oh that's what hans does he just drops a mud pie all over the ambrosia um, one of the things I think is rare too is there's such good interaction between three of the cast members. Like yeah. it's usually a little much, but it's like everyone has a very particular persona and style of humor and it really work comes together without them really stepping on each other. I forgot too in that bit where where Kevin goes, I mean, isn't it true, Judge, <laughs> that we're just wasting a lot of taxpayer money? And Mark's just like, Well, if you are indeed guilty, then yes, yes, we have wasted a lot of the taxpayers' time and money. Screw you, taxpayer. Exactly. It felt fitting that it was Mark that was saying that, yeah. What's what's your alternative fave, Stu? Uh fuck, you guys take a lot. I'll pro- I'll go with steps just to be transgressive. Um, it feels like a cop out because there's three of them, but yeah, I think it was really good. I think I like that they have three characters. It feels a bit more stage mm. play y the way they're mm. set up and like Pope and um, like the blocking feels very stagey, but I like it. I like the way they interact. I love how, as much as it's like a queer sketch, Scott doesn't really like it's not a, a platform for Scott, really. He's just yeah. there for comic relief. Yeah. Um, I really like the line when one someone drives by and is like, check out the queers, like in this very derogatory way. And Scott's like, that was hot. (laughs) Do you have either a favorite of the steps and do you rate it out of any? Uh, 
Yeah, I'd say fucking 3.5 ch- double takes for a hot guy out of five. <laughs> and I don't really have a favorite one because they're all... Mostly I just... I love... I love Butch and everything Butch does. You made Butch cry. You've upset Butch. <laughs> He's a sensitive soul. Never. He is a sensitive soul. I also did like Shonda, which we haven't mentioned, but Shonda as the lesbian just saying that she's going to go as Rush Limbaugh and drag because he's such a pig and that she's sure to get laid. Laid as a result. <laughs> that is, watching it again, like I I like the lines they give Shonda, but watching it again, I was like, oh, betcha this came across a little meaner than they meant. How do you mean? Like about Shonda, because Shonda's a throwback to the like the eco terrorist uh, group from like yes. seasons one and two, I think, right? I feel like it's a a little dicey to play with the like super aggressive butch mm, lesbian trope. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like when you're not women, yeah. you know. It's but uh, it is it is still funny, and she does have great lines. The Rush Limbaugh one is is fantastic, and I think it's also just because like Bruce tends to be a bit more blunt in his depictions, and I think that coupled with some of the stereotypes about lesbians or women who love women. Shonda is almost certainly a lesbian, but we don't, I, we don't know that for sure. Uh, I don't know. It, it, yeah. it feels like a little dicey. I'm not like writing to the, I'm not writing in or anything, but it was something, something that I was aware of. Yeah. We should just make sure <laughs> to let Scott know that that doesn't hold up and that it was a really insensitive yeah, portrayal exactly. of lesbian or, you know, queer coded women in the future. And, uh, and he should just learn <laughs> yeah. from the experience. Scott, be just better. do, just, be, just be, do better. Be, be better, Scott. Yeah. Come on. Just wrap him on the knuckles. <laughs> is it just a Scott baiting, a Scott baiting platform? And that's, that's why we have this platform. Keep, st- keep Scott in check. As, <laughs> as, as, as a side note, I'm going to say it's wild to think that like, a reference to Rush Limbaugh stayed evergreen. He, he just died last year, and he was active until last year when he died. In 1994, oh. they, he was already a notable enough character that he could make his way into a Canadian sketch comedy show as a noted pig, and he had his and his oh. career lasted nearly 30 more years after that. Yeah. The, the joke stays as fresh 30 years later as it did when they sold it. And he, yeah, he'd been around for a while before then too, so crazy. Oh my god. Uh, rest in ashes uh, in hell. Lock fresh Limbaugh. That's going to win us some some fans all right <laughs> if that's it for can, can i just 16. hold on hold on can i just say that if you're a rush limbaugh fan and you also strongly identify with kids in the hall and kip and tell you can right in right off <laughs> i'm, I'm very okay with that i'm very okay with that no fuck out yeah so unsubscribe that now is, that one person that you're <laughs> yeah, referring yeah. to is a very complicated individual hey terry farrell from you know bridgeport louisiana <laughs> fuck off <laughs> poor terry that's it for episode 16. Until next week, you can find us on Twitter at Kith and Tell Pod. Weigh in on your favorite sketch and enjoy some delightful gifts dredged up from the gift mines by Hans himself. Aww. Thanks for watching Kith and Tell. Uh, wait, am I doing episode 17 too? You sure are. <laughs> oh, wow. Can't, gotcha. You can't fucking get rid of me. I will not die. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> wow. At least. <laughs> Bye. Let's not test that assumption.